Hi everyone, my name is Colin and welcome to the seventh episode of Deep End Life After Uni. Today I have Michael, who is a WA police officer, joining me. Hey Colin, thanks for having me, man. Hey, thanks for joining me, Michael. So could you please introduce yourself really quickly? Yeah, so I'm Michael. I'm a constable in the Western Australia Police Force. I've been in it for about five years now. Ah, thanks for that. So... Did you go to uni before you joined the police academy? Yeah, yeah. So straight after high school, um, went into uni. I studied a Bachelor of Counterterrorism. And how was that course? <clears throat> it was good. I found it really interesting. Um, I obviously, it's a funny story. I've always wanted to become a police officer. However, I didn't end up studying counterterrorism straight away. I actually did accounting first. And after a few classes, let's just say that I found out that, yeah, accounting wasn't for me. And I always wanted to become a cop. Yeah. So obviously I followed my dreams through through that. So why did you do accounting in the first place? Yeah, so I just thought it was a safe, secure job kind of thing. I didn't really look at myself as being a, you know, a accountant. And it's funny I say that. I, I didn't plan on I didn't ever want to become an accountant. I just thought, you know what, it's a safe option. I'll just try it out and see it. But my um my heart lied with the law enforcement industry. Yeah, and how long did it take before you decided to drop accounting and move into counterterrorism? So I started accounting for about half a semester. Yeah, mm. um, I did a few classes in it, and yeah, I just thought, what the hell am I doing? Like, this mm. isn't for me. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I'm glad that I dropped out. Yeah. Yeah. So to join the police academy, you don't have to go to uni, right? That's correct. No, you only need to be um, above 18 years of age, uh, an Australian citizen and just have a driving license. Oh, yeah. wow. Three requirements. So, so why did you do a major in counterterrorism? Why didn't you move straight into the police academy? Yeah, it's a good question. So even though you don't need to have a degree under your belt to become a WA police officer, um, career um, aspect-wise, later on, if you do want to progress, let's say, into um, a different sector, it, it does help. So, for example, if I wanted to go into... It's called the state security. So they're the ones that cover protection for all of Western Australia against mm-hmm. you know terrorism, domestic terrorists, um, things like that. It helps. So yeah. if you, when you apply for it, it will make you a more... Uh, more favourable. Yeah, more favourable candidate over yeah. others that say don't have a degree in counterterrorism. Yeah, all right. So how long was this police academy? So after I graduated, the um, initial police training at the academy, it's, it's six months long. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you do there? So it's 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 such a crazy time. You do everything from so you for the first part of the police academy is it's called it's the legal aspect of the of the um, course. So basically, you're learning all your laws of what we um, operate under in Western Australia. So there's obviously the criminal code. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a criminal investigation act, and basically, it it, teach, it teaches us the fundamentals of of policing of what we can and can't do of what we can arrest people on what we you know what we can't and things like that offense wise and as i've learned there's a lot of acts that we work under yeah so you're gonna have to memorize all these acts right yeah so that's also a good question when i first started in the police academy this is what stressed me out i thought all the all these acts and legislation i thought that i have to remember it from the top of my head now that i've been in the job for nearly five years i'll tell you right now that I still to this day do not remember everything. I only remember the specific acts that we, um, things things that we deal with every day, for example, like stealing offences, burglary offences, assaults, that falls under the Criminal Investigation Act. So straight from the top of my head, I'll know that. 
let's say section 128 is our arrested arresting person's rights so when yeah. i when i arrest someone i'll afford them the section 128 rights yeah basically you know you're not obliged to say anything unless we should do so mm-hmm. or whatever you say we take it down in writing and maybe use as evidence that's something i use every day yeah. so that's something i remember yeah so this police academy is six months long so Correct. does that mean that you become a police officer straight after that six months yeah so what it means is that it after your six months, it means that you start your probationary period as a as a constable. So all up, so when you've graduated after that six months, you're on probation for 18 months. Yeah. And what that entails is basically, it's a very stressful time of, of a policeman or a policewoman's career. It just means that you're on, you know, just think of it as like a, you got a slate and you're being judged at everything you do. So it's completely normal to make mistakes as a probationary constable. It's it's complete, It's like you start out in any job. And you'd know this yourself. When you first start out the job, you're obviously on some type of probationary yeah, period yeah. and the employers assess you whether you're suitable for the role. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're being assessed every day you go to work as a probationer for 18 months and whoever you're working with, they'll have to do what's called appraisals and basically they'll tick off and checklist what your weaknesses are, what your strengths are as a police officer and where you can improve. Um, and I've heard of many stories where police officers do not make it off probation because yeah. they're just not, you know, up to standard. Mm. Yeah. So is it also possible to not pass that first six months? I wouldn't say it's common, but it has happened before where yeah. at the end of um, at the end of the 18th month probationary period when the probationer unit their job is to make sure that everyone passes probation when they assess a specific officer's criteria on how they've been in the last 18 months and the feedback they've gotten from the station that the officer works at is you know up to scratch whether it's this officer has issues communicating with people this officer has issues with handling pressure you know tough situations in a lot of cases when they don't pass probation what will happen is their probation might get extended mm-hmm. depending on how how close they are to yeah. finishing it or it might be just hey you know sorry mate you know we don't think policing's for you maybe look at a different career oh so, wow yeah it, it's very harsh yeah. but it's for the best it's for the best interest for the agency yeah yeah and yeah. obviously the yeah, person as well as well, yeah. As well. Yeah. yeah so being a wa police officer does that mean that you can go over say you moved over east um, any of the other states, are you able to transfer? Transfer, yeah. Yep, so that's a good question. Um, there is a process, and look, it can happen. It doesn't happen very often, only let's say, obviously, someone wants to move from Perth to Victoria and join the Victoria Police. Yeah. Look, you can do that. There is a process, and what happens is you won't do the whole thing again. You're not going to go to Victoria and do a whole six months in the academy. Mm. You're not going to start from scratch. Yeah. You're just going to transfer over. So let's say you're a senior constable mm-hmm. in, you know, in the WA police. Mm. Um, and I may be wrong about this. My knowledge on this is pretty vague, but yeah. um, from what I've heard is you just do a refresher course. So maybe it won't be three, it won't be six months of the academy. It might be three months. Yeah. And you'll still keep your rank. Even though policing will be very similar, they use different acts and legislation. So yeah. as I explained before, we use a lot of Western Australia legislation. Yeah. You might have to drop what you've learned here yeah. and relearn the Victoria legislation. Yeah. So each state is different, hey? Correct. Each yeah. state is different. So touching back onto your probational period, do you only have one training officer for the whole 18 months? Yeah. So how it works is when you graduate from the police academy um, and you start your spot at your first um, section, so whether it's a station, whether it's booze bus, 
you don't have just one training officer with you. It's basically whoever you're, you're always going to be partnered with a senior officer um, mm-hmm. to yourself. You're never going to be part, partnered with a probationer. And I've only ever heard of that happening in exceptional circumstances. Um, it's different officers. And usually it's quite common to have some rank with you. So what I mean by that is you being the probationary constable, the rookie, you're always going to have a first class constable and the senior constable. Um, what I didn't explain before to you, Colin, is the ranking system. Yes. So basically how it works is when you're sworn in from day one at the academy, you're, you're a recruit. When your whole time throughout the academy, you, you the whole time throughout the academy, you're, you're a recruit. Um, it's when you graduate from, from the police academy and you start your spot at your new section, you are considered a probationary constable. Yes. And once your once your eighteen months is done, you're off probation. You are then just a constable, fully yep. fledged constable. After you've hit five years in the job, which I'm about to hit, yeah. you're a first class constable. And you can always tell a police officer by being a first class constable is on their shoulders. There's yep. epaulets, and basically they'll have one stripe. <clears throat> and after nine years of being in the job, you attain the rank of senior constable, and that's yeah. two stripes. Yeah. And after that, if you don't apply for a sergeant, you'll be a senior constable for the rest of your career. Yeah. So first class constable and senior constable, you attain that with time. Yeah. Um, if you want to apply higher, you'll get the rank of sergeant, mm-hmm. and that's a whole application process of, you know, you they'll look at your resume, they'll interview you. It's quite a long process. Yeah. Um, and basically, a sergeant is three stripes. Mm-hmm. And the rank above sergeant is a senior sergeant. And yeah. usually senior sergeants are, are the ones in charge of metropolitan police stations. Yeah. Um, and once we go above sergeant, there's a, like six more ranks. I probably won't go into those ranks. Um, probably on the next podcast, yeah. I will. <laughs> um, they're, they're what's considered commissioned officers. So they're yeah. very high ranking. Yeah. And they'll work in like large um, like units. So for example, uh, an inspector, which is the rank after a senior sergeant, an inspector might be in charge of all of state traffic, mm-hmm. um, in charge of all of booze bus, all of traffic, all yeah. of major crash. Yeah. So, yeah. So, after attaining the rank of sergeant and moving to, was a first class sergeant? Ah, uh, so... Senior, yeah. senior sergeant. Senior so, after sergeant. attaining the rank of constable, um, you you get the rank of first class constable and senior constable. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, when you hit, when you apply and reach the rank, if you do get the rank of sergeant... Yeah. Does it come with time as well uh, for the next level or do you still have to keep applying to keep going? Yeah, higher? so that, that's, a, that's a great question, Colin. I've heard of stories of when um, uh, an officer has attained the rank of first class constable. You, so you can, you can get the sergeant rank, you can apply for the sergeant rank as soon as you hit, um, hit your constable rank. So yeah. for example, I'm nearly a first class constable now. Yeah. I could, if I wanted to, I could um, apply for you know, the sergeant rank. Um, it's very rare, and it's only happened probably once or twice in the history of the WA Police. Like, it ha- it's very rare. You have yeah. to be... A gun. <laughs> you have to be just a, literally a Rambo. Yeah. That just is a really good at your job to attain yeah. that. Yeah. So, during your probational period, do you get to try a bit of every team? So, like you said before, you had booze bus. I didn't know that was a team. And then you have traffic, and then, I guess major crimes yeah like different teams do you get to try a bit of everything or do you get to put in your preference and they just allocate you in terms of your preference yeah so when when you graduate from the police academy um and you're a probationary constable you basically get put wherever they put you You don't have a choice um yeah yeah so basically in my case i was when i graduated from the academy i was put at booze bus for three months yeah and 
you know what, when you graduate from the academy, you're so keen, you just want to get out there, you want to yeah. put the uniform on, you want to be a cop. Yeah. Um, you you just feel so, um, you know, just really enthusiastic about the job. And now that I look back, I laugh at myself. Like, you know, I did I did a couple of months at Booze Bus. And I'll tell you what, I, I love that because, you know, it's your first spot as a, you know, as an official cop. And even though, yeah, you're setting up somewhere, you know, in the city and you're stopping cars and you're breathalyzing people, if I was to do do that now, I'd feel like, you know, what the fuck is this? This is boring. <laughs> like, what the hell? I didn't sign up for this shit. <laughs> yeah. But at the time, I'm just like, I was so like, hey, like I require one long breath until, you know, and I was so enthusiastic about it. And look, don't get me wrong. If I was there, I'd still be enthusiastic about it. It would just be a different type of enthusiasm. Now that I've experienced other parts of what policing is like, yeah. um, I, I consider myself quite lucky because I only did a couple of months of booze bus. I've heard of, you know, probies, we call probationary constables probies. I've heard of probies being stuck at booze for like from six months up to a year. Now oh, that gets no. repetitive. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was quite lucky to just go from, yeah, booze bus to different police stations and now I'm at Perth Police Station. Yeah. Yeah. Booze bus being a team, I want to touch on that a bit more. I thought the booze buses just grab officers who are just free for that night, you know? How do you join that team and do they have senior people in that team as well? Yeah, yeah so that's correct. Um, basically, a booze bus is made up of, it'll be around, yeah, 14-man crew um, and there'll always be a sergeant. So there's four booze buses in the state of Western Australia. There's a sergeant on each bus and then there'll be around six to seven senior constables and sometimes even a first class, but most of them are senior constables. And then the other six or seven will be probationers from the academy. And the cool thing about that is you're with your mates from the academy. Yeah. So already you're starting it off in a good, you know, in a good good foot because yeah. you know you you already know people there. Yeah. The downside to booze bus is you're kind of you're treated like a student. You're not you're not free. You know, you still got like a leash around you. And what I mean by that is. The supervisors, the booze bus, the senior constables, they watch everything you do and they criticize everything you do. And which, you know, which is a good thing because, you know, you, you don't know what you're doing. You're straight out of the academy. You're not, you do not have experience as a police officer. You've been in the job five seconds. That's what I didn't like about booze bus, but, you know, it had to be done yeah. kind of thing. So it was annoying, but it was for my own good. Yeah. Are there any tactics with booze buses where you have, <laughs> you know, cars on, on standby just in case someone tries to do a runner? Yeah, so basically, I won't go into detail about too much of the formations that booze yep. buses use just for operational confidentiality. Yep. Yep. But basically, let me just say that police cars are always on standby if someone try if someone sees a booze bus and they try and do a sneaky U-turn. Yeah. Yeah, there are tactics that the WA police use, which I won't go into detail. Yep. But yeah, let's just say that it's not a good idea if you try and do a U-turn. People yep. think, oh shit, there's a booze bus up ahead. I'm going to try and avoid them. Trust me, we can see you long before you can see us. Yeah. yeah. And, and I have noticed that the locations of all the booze buses, as soon as you see the booze bus, there's actually no turn to exit. Yeah. It's in a, you know, you can't see it by the time you do see it. Yeah. It's you can't actually go anywhere. Yeah. Except, except the one right, is it on Fitzgerald Street? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That one you can see from very far away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, a lot of the times, look, we're out there to do a job. We are there to target, obviously, <laughs> bad bad drivers and things like that. People that don't have a license, people who have drugs on board, people who are driving under the influence of alcohol or drugs. But we're not out there to nip, you know, the general public. You know, most of the people are good. They're, they're, they're doing the right thing. They're following all our laws. Um, 
a lot of our um, operational stuff, it just basically means that, you know, we'll do it in a spot where, yeah, you're right, where we'll do it in a spot where it is harder to do a U-turn and get out of it. But if someone, there's been cases where people have gone over curbs, yeah. jumped over islands yeah. to avoid a booze bus. And yeah. that's just obvious. Yeah. So yeah, we'll scramble a car and yeah. go chase them. So, yeah. yeah. And, and in some cases when it gets really busy, I've noticed that some police officers just wave you through. That's correct. Yeah. So there are times when traffic's banked up maybe at least half a k away yeah um we're not there to disrupt our traffic we're yeah. there to do a job again um we'll always look out for the general public we'll always make sure that you know no one's being in the line for a stupid amount of time yeah um if we see that the traffic's backed up yeah we'll wave a few people through non-suspicious looking people <laughs> yeah look straight away we'll look at a car and we'll just see like you know if it's too loud if the windows are too dark <laughs> if the you know if we're not happy with the um the, basically the specifications of the car if we don't think it's safe to be out on the roads yeah. we'll pull it over and just have a chat to the driver and inspect yeah. the car and yeah go yeah. from there yeah so after your three month in the booze uh, bus team bus. Yep. yeah what other teams can there be yeah so after have? after you've done your stint at um, booze bus um, you could, that's when you most probies get transferred to like uh, metropolitan stations so I've I've been at Perth all this time Um and basically, it's the best past part of a cop's career. Basically, when you got your first station spot, when you when you do the work that cops do, it's the best part because that's when you feel like a cop, and you're not as supervised as you are at booze bus. You you know you're working with a partner in a car, so it's a bit more personal. Yeah. You know you're not on a bus with you know twelve senior connies watching what you do. You're yeah. with a senior officer in a car, mm. and you're going to jobs. You yeah. go on a job like domestics, um, burglaries, assaults, yeah. Yeah. stealings. Yeah. So it, it's it's a cool part of the job. Wow. Touching back on some of the teams, are there specific teams that do speeding fines? Yeah. So that's all covered under under traffic. So I I like I said before, you can do booze bus straight out of the academy. You can also go into the traffic um traffic section. So basically. That entails you being in a traffic car all day, mostly. They're usually the um, class one. Sorry, when I mean class ones, I should have explained what that means. Basically, they're in sedans. They're in, yep, sedans that are, you know, small and fast and, you know, they can chase cars. Mm. And basically, it just means that um, you're driving in a car all day, pulling people off with speeding, um, doing drug wipes, doing breath tests, things like that, and looking for compliance, making sure everyone's car's compliant. Um, not everyone likes being a traffic cop. Yeah. Um, there's a bit of stigma around it in, in the police <laughs> force, but you know we always have jokes. But look, everyone's got a job to do. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. And what about the speeded cameras that are set in a temporary position, yeah. not like a traffic cop with yeah. a radar? Yeah. Who do they work under? So again, I won't go into too much detail just for operational confidentiality reasons, but they operate under the WA Police Traffic Section as well. So they're not like a separate entity there under the WA Police. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the type of cars you guys use, just recently I saw a traffic cop in an undercover car and it was a Toyota Camry. Yep. So does that mean you guys mod the engine or whatever so that you can actually accelerate faster? You can... So again... um, I won't go into too much detail yeah. about the um, specific performance um, uh, things that the vehicles can do, but let's just say that the WA Police use a variety of um, four-wheel drive sedans and wagons 
unmarked to to blend in. Um, I'm not too sure about what modification we do to the engines. Yeah. Um, but let's just say I've driven a few myself, yeah. and yeah, shit, they're fast. They're, they're <laughs> really fast cars. Yeah. That they're, they're just really good handling and things like that. Yeah. So you do feel safe driving them at speed. Yeah. Could you explain what other teams there are? Tell us about some of your experience, I guess, in in the crimes team sure, um, sure. and even roads team as well. Sure. So I'll, I'll list down a few sections that are in the WA Police Force. So yeah. there's obviously booze bus, as I mentioned before, which falls under state traffic. So that covers basically all the all the traffic-related um, stuff in Western Australia. There's the mounted section, which is basically the police horses. You probably see them a lot in the city. In, in the city, yeah, yeah. that's correct. Um, they're they're so effective. They're good for looking for missing people, um, and for restoring public order. If there's a big, you know, um, a riot going on in the city or a big protest, horses are very effective. Just their large size, yeah. Um, they form barriers. They're less yeah. like a, a you know a, an effective barrier. There's also so the canine section. Um, which which is awesome because it's just so effective to catch you know an offender on foot. Let's say um, someone's looked out their window at night and they've seen someone break into their car parked on the driveway. Yeah. They call triple zero, police come, and they got intelligence that the offender's still on foot in the area. Yeah, they'll deploy a canine, and basically it's such an effective tool because those dogs are trained really well and they can sniff out. You know, pretty much anything or any anyone hmm. that has been in the area, um, and basically, many times it will lead us straight to the offender. If the offender is hiding in a bin, yeah. um, hiding, you know, in someone's backyard, hiding under a bush, the dog will sniff them out. So that's that's the canine section. Um, we can go on to the tactical response group, which is like the SWAT team yeah. of WA. It's basically WA police's last line of defense. If if all else fails, they don't. Um, their job is to basically. Um, they, they train a lot and they're very proficient in the air in, on land and in, in the water yeah and basically yeah they're they're I won't say where they're based out of for operational security reasons but basically let's just say if an incident was to happen um, pretty much anywhere in the state they're on 24 hours standby and they yeah. can respond to it accordingly yeah um, and then there's if we go into the detectives part of the job there's the major crime section which covers homicide. Um, cold cases, which are cases that have you know occurred in the past, but they still haven't been solved yet, and they're yeah. waiting on you know DNA to you know become more prevalent and mm. you know things like that. Um, there's some of the job, and then there's the police air wing, which is basically the police helicopter, yeah, um, and the aircraft that they use. And they've recently got a new drone team, which is pretty cool. So oh, wow. there's <clears throat> there's drone police. Yes, yeah. There's um drone operators. Yeah. So if I want to later on my career. I could apply to become a drone pilot, which is awesome. Yeah. And it wasn't too long ago where I went to the air wing base um, and basically I've checked out their, you know, their new equipment and their drones are freaking awesome. They're like proper DJI, DJI drones and they're really cool and really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So with all these teams, do you actually get to touch on all of them after your probation period? Um, Yeah. Or like, you know, one year stints for each one of the teams just to get a feel of what you actually want to do? Or is it... You know, once again, after the probational period, they're like, ha, this is the only availability you get, so here you go. Yeah, so the cool thing about my job is that there's a wide array of things I can go into. So, for example, um, you have to apply for these spots, but I wouldn't recommend applying for these spots straight away after probation. And the reason I say that is because you don't have any experience. You want to be in the job at least up to 
five years. So when yeah. you're a first class constable, yeah. um, that way you have a bit more, you know, rank to you and you have experience to you. So when you, if I was to get off probation tomorrow and the day after that, if I was to apply for, let's say, the mounted section, yeah. I'd look like a bit of an idiot because it's like, okay, yeah, you want to join the mounted section. However, you've just got a probation. What experience do you have? Um, you know, you're a cowboy. In, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you can apply. I'm not saying you can't. You you might just not. You probably won't get in compared to other officers who have been in the job five, ten, fifteen years yeah. because they've just got more experience and they're going to be better at the job. Yeah. Say a fresh off probation constable. Oh, so I guess there is opportunity to move around. Absolutely, that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, look, there there's opportunity in everything in the job. If you don't, you know, you got to be in it to win. If you don't apply for it, you won't get it. Um, if you want to go down the detectives part, you have to do what's called the detective training school, and that entails a six-week um, uh, course at the academy. So it feels like you're back at the academy again, but yeah. instead of being six months, it's only six weeks. And basically, you just learn what the detectives learn. Basically, it's more, more, it's more targeted towards learning the legislation. So detectives are always good with the, you know their their powers and what they can and can't do, and obviously yeah. investigative side yeah. of the job. So do detectives have more power then? No. So it's detective is just a dog job title in the job. Um, a lot of people think, oh, is a detective is a you know high ranking. Yeah. I could be a detective constable. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you know I'm any more you know powerful or to say than high ranking high ranking yeah. than any other officer. It just goes in front of your rank. So it when you whatever rank you are when you graduate as a detective is what you are. So for example, um, I'm nearly a first class constable now. Um, if I was to graduate from the detective training school tomorrow, I would be a detective constable. Yeah. I'm a first class when I graduate. I'm a detective first class constable. Yeah, okay. Detective senior constable. Detective yeah. sergeant. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it just goes, depending on what rank you are. Yeah. So one more thing I wanted to touch on was the Australian Federal Police. So yeah. is that sort of the same thing? Can you only join that uh, once you're a police officer already or can you join straight away? Yeah, so how the Australian Federal Police um, works, we, we always refer to it as AFP, how that works is basically it's just like joining any other police agency in, in Australia. So there's not much difference between the Australian Federal Police, um, Victoria Police, New South Wales Police, Western Australia Police. Um, it basically means, and I have a friend who's recently graduated from the Australian Federal Police, it means that um, you have jurisdiction in all of Australia and its territories. So... If you're, if you're an Australian Federal Police Officer, um, you can basically arrest anyone from Western Australia to Tasmania. It doesn't matter because it falls under the Australian, you know, sovereign, yeah. you know, sovereignty. Um, my, me as a Western Australia Police Officer, I can only arrest someone, you know, in WA. Um, and what basically the AFP entails is you have to fly over to Canberra for six months, do their academy there. Um, and I believe, if I'm not wrong, you have to work in Canberra before you can get deployed. So my friend's deployed in Canberra at the moment. He's going to do two years before he's going to be moved somewhere else. Um, and their primary role, <coughs> AFP's primary role is basically, yeah, um, making sure that, you know, that the whole country is safe as a whole. So basically they'll target terrorism, they'll target drugs, mm. um, human trafficking, you know, the, you know, like sex trafficking, sex yeah. workers, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So... Yeah. Yeah, they, they do an important role. And a lot of the times they work closely with states, um, police they forces. Do, yeah. So yeah. Um, Western Australian Police will always you know, work with Australian Federal Police hand in hand. The AFP officers, are they higher rank? 
Yeah, so I'd say no, they're not. Um, they're the same ranks, just as any other state's police yeah. officers are. So you can be a constable in the AFP. It doesn't mean you're higher ranking just because you're in the AFP. Yeah. So if I was my mate, who's a probationary constable in the yeah. AFP, if I was a probationary constable in the WA Police Force, it doesn't make him, you know, like higher high ranking to me at all. It just It's just the, he's in the AFP, I'm in the WA Police. Yeah. That's, that's all it is. You talked about earlier how if you're a WA officer, you can only arrest someone in WA. Does that mean that, say, you're chasing someone across the border or you're chasing someone and he's going towards the border, as soon as he passes that border, does that mean you can't go across? Or Look, it means I can go across. If Let's say, hypothetically, I was chasing someone on foot in Nuclear, which is, I think, the closest police. It's, it's a police station on the border of South Australia. Let's say I was chasing someone from Nuclear. Um, for let's say a stealing offence, yeah. which is a serious offence, so I can arrest for that. Yeah. Um, basically, from my knowledge, I'll be able to still chase them over into South Australia. I just wouldn't be able to perform a police arrest. It will then become a citizen's arrest because obviously I don't have yeah, so yeah. I don't have powers um, of arrest anymore because I'm not. I've been sworn in as a WA police officer, so my yeah. jurisdiction covers all of Western Australia. Yeah. Once I'm not in Western Australia, <clears throat> to my knowledge, I, I can't just run into South Australia and arrest someone. Yeah. Because they're, they're operating under different legislation. Yeah. So I, th- I guess it just becomes a, yeah, a, um, a citizen's arrest at that point. Does that also mean that if the offender is driving at 170 kilometres per hour, you have authority to match their speed to try to get them, right? Yeah. If, as long as it's safe. But as soon as they pass that border yeah. and you're still going 170, doesn't that mean you're speeding? That's an offence, right? Because you're a yeah. citizen then. Colin, that's a really good point you bring up there. Look, I'm... Okay, that's a very extreme circumstance. If that was to happen, I'm not too sure what would happen. I would assume that we'd be in contact with South Australia yeah. police. So they'll know hey, anyway. Yeah. We've got a chase coming towards you. You might want to scramble some cars and a chopper to, yeah. you know be waiting on the border to yeah. follow them through because I wouldn't want to be the cop that gets done for being, you know, going 170 on a South Australian road and then crashing. Yeah. You know, I'll have some explaining to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. From all your experience over the last, you know, four five. or five years, yeah. yeah. So is there any team that you're really, really interested in? I I really want to get into the, the um, TRG. So it's basically the SWAT team. Um, I find that it's a very, it's a high tense job. Um, it's a very, you have to be very skilled for it. And it's a high pressure job. You, there's no um, room for mistake because if you make yeah. a mistake, it's, it means that someone's hurt or killed. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a job where you, you just can't mistakes. It's, it's a fact of reality. You can't, you know, when it comes to people's lives, you can't yeah. make that mistake. Um, we can take, for example, I'm not sure if you're sure of it, but the Sydney siege that happened um, a few years in ago the cafe, in the right? Link Cafe. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, the New South Wales version of the TRG, I think theirs is the Special Operations Group, the mm. SOG. Basically, they yeah, they did a great job in rescuing those people. However, two innocent people died that day. Yeah. And that's what I would consider, you know, a mistake. Yeah. It's a, it's a bad mistake. Um. Could that have been avoided? Look, I'm not going to talk on behalf of those officers because yeah. I wasn't there. You yeah. know, I was, I was not, I wasn't even a cop at that time, so I can't comment. But basically, that's what's considered a, you know, a mistake because people's lives, innocent people, innocent people's lives have been lost. Um, thank God, nothing has happened like that in Western Australia. Um, however, if it was to happen, 
the TRG would be the ones that get called in and they, you know, try and, you know, resolve the situation. Yeah. <clears throat> is there a team for, you know, the, the Riot Shield team? Or? Yeah, yeah. So basically, yep, yeah, there, there is the, the Riot Squad, the Double Police Riot Squad, and they're very um, effective as well. So basically, they're, they're basically patrolling the streets 24-7, ready to go. So you might see them on the news every now and then in these big pads and big shields. Yeah. Um, they're not always dressed like that. They always wear the same uniform we do as, yeah. you know, general duties police officers. Um, it's only when party gets out of hand on a mm. Friday night you know mm. an 18th party just gets too rowdy and there's too many kids running around drunk yeah. um, the right squad will get called in and the canine section maybe even the police helicopter gets called yeah. in yeah. and they try and disperse the crowd that way yeah <clears throat> so what is a day in the life of the police officer for you yeah so um, at the moment I'm at Perth police station um, my day will consist of let's say I, I do shift work um, let's just say a normal day shift it'll start you know in the morning early morning um, you know, maybe 6am, I would go into the station, I kit up, so I get my, you know, gun belt on, I put my bulletproof vest on, you know, do some admin work on the computer, read a few emails, and mm. then always, most cops do this, um, we'll always go get a coffee, you can't start <laughs> your day without getting a coffee, um, yeah. there's a lot of good cafes in Perth, um, which I'm really fortunate to have, um, yeah, and my day-to-day duty just consists of, you know, maybe doing foot patrols through the Perth city malls, um, just, you know, showing showing the police presence, looking out for, you know, people who are committing offences like stealing, assaults, things like that, um, and being disorderly. <clears throat> um, yeah, and so Perth, Perth's a really good station to work at. I, I really enjoy it there. And you talked about getting kitted up. What what do you have? Yeah, so um, all WA police officers are armed when they're on duty. So basically we have levels of um, force that we'll use on our... On our belts so for example we always have a firearm mm-hmm. um we have a taser we have a baton and we have a um pepper spray well yep yeah so all all different tools um and we'll use them in different circumstances when we need to obviously yep. we're not you know cowboys we're trained to de-escalate every situation with our mouths first yeah um and then from that if that's not working um and you know there's imminent risk um to ourselves yeah or the public will obviously escalate in the use of force. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people would be interested in this, but what is what are some of the craziest things you've seen on the job? Yeah, okay. Um, so I've been in foot pursuits before where I've tasered people. Yeah. Um, basically, again, I won't go into too much detail, but I wasn't too far out of the academy and I attended a... Um, this was after booze bus. I attended a burglary mm-hmm. and basically me and my partner rock up to the house um, and we got intelligence that the owners of the house are on holiday, so there should, really should be no one inside the house. Yeah. As we rock a pull up to the house, we, um, you know, we're trying to be quiet and stealthy. We see torches shining inside. Yeah. And so I look at my partner, and you know, we're like, you know, game on, you know, yeah. um, red handed kind of thing. So I, I went around the the back. My partner went out around the front. I I love climbing fences. It's one of my favorite favorite parts of the job. I'm really good at them. <laughs> um, I jumped the fence as quietly as I could. I don't think it was too quiet. But anyway, I went into the house. And I confronted the burglar who was having, he had a torch in his hand and a crowbar Mm. and he walked towards me and basically I deployed my taser and it was a successful, successful hit. He dropped straight away. Um, He wasn't injured, 
um, but he was he was in pain. Mm. I'd be lying if he said he wasn't in pain. Yeah. But yeah, that's one of the craziest things that I've done. Um, basically, and he got charged with burglary. Yeah. So that was a that was a good outcome. Yeah. Um, it's probably one of my favorite parts of the job catching catching offenders, yeah. chasing offenders. It's, yeah. I love it. Yeah. What about your time? Uh, at the boost bus team. Yeah, so I've had a few crazy shifts there. I remember one specific shift um, was set up near the city, and basically there was four heads on board in the car. It was a sedan. They didn't look, t- they didn't attract too much attention. But what got me? Well, they stopped at my cone. Um, I don't know if you've been through a boost bus, but obviously there's cones where yeah. each officer is at. They stopped at my my position, and basically I I required them to do a breath test and a drug test. Um, and I just realized like they, they, the driver blew zeros, the no alcohol, no drugs. So there wasn't really much I could really, you know, stop him on, but I just felt a bit, you know, I got a weird smell from the car, like a yeah. bit of a, you know, marijuana smell. So yeah. that gives me, um, justification to then search the car. So obviously yeah. I'll ask for their consent. If they don't consent, um, I'll utilize powers under the misuse of drugs act to yeah. then search the car lawfully yeah um when we've so we've got all four people out of the car they're sitting on the side of the road um as we're searching the car i found a shotgun in the boot an oh, un- unlicensed un- yeah. unregistered shotgun that had actually been stolen yeah um, from a farmer earlier in the year yeah <clears throat> as i found out so that was a that was a good pinch to get because obviously we got a firearm off the street yeah. yeah so that was a that was a good day so that's yeah. one of the crazy things that i found yeah good, I was a good su- successful yeah. first yeah thing for you as absolutely well. hey, oh yeah. it was awesome it was awesome my um yeah everyone was really good. my sergeant was happy about it i mean yeah. we got a gun off the streets so. yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah so are there any chances for a ride along like the movie ride along <laughs> <laughs> one yeah, and that, ride along two <laughs> that, that's pretty that's pretty funny um look when I was a civilian before I became a police officer, um, I actually knew someone in the job who basically organised a ride along for me to come along, and basically that's good because I mean it's great because you can actually experience what it's like firsthand to be a frontline police officer without being a police officer, and you can actually tell whether the job's going to be for you or not. Mm. Um, basically, yeah, it was a good, it was a good experience. I did a, a night shift with them, and it was awesome. Um, basically, and what I'd encourage people to do, if you're looking to become a police officer, um, what helps the most? People think that, oh, if I have this degree and do this and do that, you know, the number one thing that helps the most is is life experience. Because obviously in my job, you're encountering people who are very at very low points in their lives. So if you're just a, you know, fresh 18-year-old, you, you've just had got, gone to school all your life and been yeah. a kid all your life. You don't have that much life experience. So how are you going to, how are you going to talk to someone who's going through a really, you know, shit time in their life, whether they're going through a divorce, they're having suicidal thoughts? Yeah. Um, it's really important. So maybe I didn't join when I was too young, um, but I didn't join when I was too old. I feel like I joined at the perfect time when I was ready and I felt like I had some life experience. Um, don't get me wrong, though. There are some cops that are straight out of the academy and they're 19 years old. Yeah. It can happen, but they're at a disadvantage just because they don't have that experience yeah. in life. So you know what, you know, go to uni, um, do a part-time job, work at Woolies, doesn't matter, just do a job where it involves talking to people. Yeah. Because talking to people is what I do. It, it's like, it's 100% of my job. I, I talk to people. Yeah. Um, I de-escalate situations by mm. talking to people. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I, if you're recommending to apply, um, it's our slogan, but it's literally just step forward. Just, <laughs> literally, like, yeah. it's the recruitment slogan. Um, as cringy as it sounds, yeah, it's, <laughs> It's it's a, it's an awesome process. Um, 
And if you want, I can talk about this quickly, the application process, yeah, what it's on. like yep. to be a police officer. So obviously, um, to be a WA police officer, I believe you have to be over 18, um, Australian citizen, and have a you know driver's license and have a clean record, you yeah. know, as in not have any serious convictions in the mm. past. Um, I'll be honest with you, I before I joined, I had a speeding fine or two. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. look, I wasn't the best um, speeding fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's um, bad. Look, <laughs> e- look, everyone, everyone makes mistakes. Um, it just means that when it comes to the interview, um, interview part of it, you'll be asked about it. So again, with the application process, um, if you meet all the criterias. As I just mentioned before, you obviously fill out the application, which you can get online. It's just stepforward.com.au. It's the police recruitment website. Um, you download that. You fill in the application. Um, you can post your application in to police recruiting at the academy, or you can um, you walk in and hand it in yourself. I personally hand it in myself just so they can see me, you yeah. know, who, who's applying and things like that. You can hand it in any police station. Uh, I think you would, if you go to any police station, they'll just say, take it to June Lop. Yeah. Yeah. So it just makes sense. Oh, June Lop's the head office, hey? June Lop's the police academy. So that's where, that's oh, where okay. their recruiting, yeah. recruiting yeah. center is. Um, so basically you apply, um, you will hear back by mail within a few weeks. You'll get invited to do the police entrance exam. And that entails basically, um, just general knowledge stuff, basically, um, a bit of math, a bit of English, a bit of, you know, literacy, reading and writing, things like that, just to make sure that you're proficient at Mm. that kind of stuff because you're going to need to know that um, when you're out in the field. Um, After that is your police psychological exam. Um, I won't go into too much detail about that just for operational, you know, confidentiality, but it's basically like online, not an online thing, but it's basically a psych test that they make you do to see if you're, you know, mentally ready. Yeah mentally proficient and able to do do the job um after that which i enjoyed um is the physical entrance exam it's tough i'm not gonna lie um but i'm i'm quite an athletic person i do a lot of running and you know outdoor physical activities so i didn't struggle too much at it but basically the physical entrance exam um entails a beep test yeah um yeah (laughs) haven't heard that since his primary school yeah yeah no (laughs) it it brings ptsd back to some people when they hear that um it depends. So if you're male, female, depending on what age bracket you're in, um, you have to get... So when I had to do it, um, I had to get level 10.1. Yeah. Yeah. Now I only have to do level 9.1 because I'm above 30 years of age. Yeah. Um, but basically, yeah. So you hit your mark and then you have to do an agility test. Yeah. And that's quite challenging. If you haven't trained... My, my advice is if you're going to apply for the police, make sure you you practice all these stuff it's all on the website what the physical test is yeah. but just practice your stuff i remember when i did it i could tell that there was candidates that literally have done no training whatsoever and they've flung themselves into a beep test and a, an agility test and they've injured themselves yeah and it's a high stress activity you can't just not train for months and then suddenly wake up and be like hey i'm gonna do a beep test it doesn't work like that yeah. you have to work your way up to yeah. it so obviously that's yeah that's what the um physical test um entails off after that you got your police interview. So yeah. it's called a panel interview. Um, it won't just be one person. It will just be like a, obviously a police officer, a recruiting officer, and sometimes a psychologist. Yeah. And it's a proper panel interview. They're sitting across from a table from you and they're asking you all kinds of questions. Like 
your previous experience in this job, your experiences in certain jobs that you've done before, life experience, and they'll give you some scenarios. They'll mm. they'll give you what, what would if, you do, what yeah. would you do, and yeah. what if questions. Yeah. So you just got to do your best to you know what would you do? Be yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, and again, I encourage all people as well. If you have had any convictions in the past for anything, whether it's traffic related or criminal related, just be upfront and honest about it. The worst because they already know anyway. Absolutely, yeah, the worst know. thing yeah. you can do is lie to the police yeah. because we will know anyway if you yeah. lie and straight away like one of our core values is integrity yeah so when you're caught lying your your integrity is, is lost straight away yeah and that's not how you want to start off as a police officer yeah so just be upfront and honest like you should be you know every day yeah and nothing can go wrong if you're honest you look i i told you i've had speeding fines before yeah and i've been questioned at my panel interview and it, you know i was sweating when they were asking about it I was like all right tell us about your speeding fines and i just said look it was my previous job um, you know, I was on a break. I went to go get food. I was hungry. Yeah. I, I think I went like 89 in a, you know, um, 70 zone or yeah. something oh, like that. Wow. Actually, no, it was, I can't remember, yeah. maybe 89 in an 80 zone or something yeah. like yeah. that. It wasn't, I, I just copped a couple hundred dollar yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a few demerits lost, but oh well, you learn. Yeah. You just learn. I was young. Um, you know, we all make mistakes and I conf- confess it in my interview. Yeah. I was like, look, it's, I haven't had a speeding fine since. Yeah. I'm a responsible driver. I've, yeah. you know, I've come a long way. Yeah. And compared to other candidates, I remember the um, the police officer complimenting me, saying, "You know what? That's not even that bad." Yeah. You know, there's people that come through with low, like like I'm talking twenty speeding fines. Yeah. Yeah. They've, you know, people with drink driving offences yeah. in the past. Yeah. So yeah. just you know, um, be honest about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah. best thing you can do. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> and and going back to your the fitness test, how often do you have to redo that fitness test? So at the moment, um, once you graduate from the police academy, unless you go into a special section like the TRG or the canine section or the mountain section, you don't have to do physical tests. Yeah, okay. Um, that makes sense. I disagree with that. I think there should be physical tests for the police yeah. just because I think it's a job where you should keep fit. You know, you're running you're chasing offenders, you're sometimes you're wrestling with offenders, you're trying to subdue them, you know, put them in handcuffs. Yeah. And that requires fitness. So it's yeah, very important yeah. Yeah. to keep fit in my job. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially since, you know, there are quite a few police officers out there that are quite large. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I've seen my fair share. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is it is it true the stereotype that police officers love donuts? Uh, look, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Um, every now and then when I go to work at the police station there will be a box of donuts (laughs) lying around so yes I can vouch police officers love donuts yeah well thank you for your time I really do appreciate it Um, thank you for giving us a bit of an insight on what WA Police is like the different streams and how you got to where you are and even the application process yeah no worries Colin thank you very much um, for this give me the opportunity cheers thank you